Welcome back to the best book club in the multiverse. This is the latest session of the Geek Explained Book Club, where every single Friday, I, alongside my fellow Emerald Archer, are going through every single issue of every single volume of Green Arrow Rebirth. This week, we are covering volume three entitled Emerald Outlaw. We are Back in Seattle. Uh, this is written by Benjamin Percy with art by Ono Schmidt, Juan Ferreira, Eleonora Carlini, Carlos Rodriguez, and Gus Vasquez. Uh, colorists, Ono Schmidt, Juan Ferreira, and Hi Fi. Nate Picos of Blambot is on letters. And we are back in Seattle. We have made our way off the island. We're back to dealing with. Roderick and the other machinations of the Ninth Circle, but that's not the only thing that Ollie and Co. are going to have to deal with this week. But I, thankfully, am not alone in covering this volume. I am joined, of course, by the one true Malcolm, Malcolm Russell Nelson. Screw you, Malcolm Merlin, for taking the name. Damn you, Malcolm Merlin. Damn you. Damn you, you hooligan. As a side note, can we just talk about how perfect a casting John Barrowman was as Malcolm Merlin? He truly was. Uh, what a... You said it perfectly. What a perfect casting. Just he was truly perfectly casted. Especially yeah. for such a grim, dark show as Arrow was. To have yeah. someone of the of the theatricality of a Malcolm Merlin that yeah. John Barrowman brought to him, it was just magic. It really was. Yeah, uh, it's really fun that, uh, as everyone knows, I've been watching a lot of Doctor Who, and I just actually entirely caught up like two days ago. Yeah, um, which was great. But it was really fun when Jack showed up. My first thought was, "Oh my God, Malcolm Merlin," <laughs> <laughs> which is a really fun thing now. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah what a what a fun person to have be your uh your green goblin of your arrowverse he was very much excellent pull um you know and kind of doing a little bit of a defoe yeah no kidding yeah it was super fun super fun performance there i also love how campy he got across the seasons and as more shows started to show up and more camp was allowed Oh, yeah. Like putting him together with um with Damian Dark, I love their mm-hmm. dynamic of just two catty bitches. Just yeah, two catty bitch dads. <laughs> yeah, two catty bitch dads. I love the two of them. It's wonderful. I think that Neil McDonough performance might just be the best performance in the entire. It's one like, of the. Run. He's so the, good. There are very few things <laughs> in superhero television that will ever top. The return of Damien Dark set to Return of the Mac as oh, he slaughters man. a room so of soldiers. Sick. Just so sick. incredible. And Absolutely incredible. How do you make me want the character who is the bad guy in arguably the worst season of Arrow? <laughs> <laughs> arguably. How do you make me like that character? Like... <laughs> <laughs> Bring him on to Legends of Tomorrow where everyone is very good. <laughs> Where everyone is very good and super fun and allowed to have a good time. Allowed to have just the best time. And then he just continues to be a good time guy. That is the show where we had an entire climax of an episode set to the thong song. So That's I true. Mean, That's true. What a time to be Listen, alive. Legends of Bebo Tomorrow prevails. Was. Bebo always wins. Bebo saves. God. 
So Green Arrow, uh, Volume Three. <laughs> Green Arrow, Emerald Outlaw. Emerald, that what a cool fucking title. What a yeah, cool that's a fucking great... title. This is the beginning of this feeling like a movie. Yes. Or like a season of TV. Correct. Sure. This is uh, issues 12 through 17, by the by. Um, and we, like I said, just returned from the island, the island of scars. And yeah. now Oliver has to return to Seattle with his new band in tow to deal with uh, some really interesting stuff. This does feel very CW. But in this, kind of in, in the best does. way. But in the best way. Yeah. Yeah. Like they never could do this. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> I love that. No, I'm pretty sure they had a very similar uh storyline with this where someone was killing people with arrows and everyone thought it was green arrow. And he had yeah, to like, I mean, prove that his was, innocence. That was, you know. It was the Prometheus se- thing season. A few times. Yeah, that was the Prometheus season. Yeah. 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 Maybe the best uh, season of the show. Not maybe. The best season. <laughs> season five is the season five was structured to be like the end of the show. Certainly and the it, best villain of the show, I think. Oh man, Josh Sagara. Mm. Oh man. Every time I see him, Love I'm just like, up. there yeah. he is. I'm just like that guy has my guy. Sauce. When he showed up in Scream, I was like, holy shit. If he it, it would just make sense if he was Ghostface, you know. Like, there was person. there was this terrible show, <laughs> and if you know, you know, called AJ and the Queen on Netflix, and he's kind of the main antagonist oh. in there, and he is a delight. Really, he really? is an absolute delight know. in a very bad show. Wow. It's very uh, bad. Not even like fun bad. It's just very bad. But he is an incredible star. Cool. Well, he was the best part of a really good show called The Other Two. Uh, I believe you. But he he is somehow the best part because he's the nicest, most charming guy. He's just he's just good. He's just good he's just at what good. he does. Give Every time he pops really up, I'm just role. like, ah, that man blew yeah, up an like, island. I love that guy. <laughs> I love this guy. <laughs> that that man got Oliver Queen to say that uh, he killed people, and I liked it. And I liked it. <laughs> Fuck, I, I i know he's he's enemy number one right now but some of those some of those scenes i mean that's the thing. i think that's out. the good i think that's the season that he's the best in yeah <laughs> everyone yeah. is firing on all cylinders in season five they Everyone's really are weird. just mm, chef's kiss wonderful good wonderful stuff. stuff but that's not here let me tell you but that's this not is, here this is my because oliver queen this, this, oliver this queen is hashtag strikes. my oliver queen yeah um so let's let's dig it well you know what before we do that malcolm are we reading anything this week are you reading anything yeah. this week yeah i just finished my big superior spider-man read um Ooh, I wonder of why. the original stuff and the uh christmas gauge run oh, uh, i wonder why interesting almost like we planned this um <laughs> hashtag almost like we planned this. <laughs> hashtag almost like we planned this uh i'm now reading the killer uh which Ooh. is the comic that inspires the new dave fincher movie uh, yeah that's the fastbender joint yeah 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 which i've been excited for for a long time since they announced it uh like years ago hell um, yeah which comes out if you're listening to this the day that it releases it comes out on netflix today hey uh, i'm very excited for that movie and i'm reading that it's very french <laughs> we just love just, it we, we love just the french in and everything it's very good i i like it a lot um to our 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 dozen 
singular of French listeners. Hello. Hey. Much love to you. <laughs> hey, how you doing? French violence. Uh, what are you? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what are you reading? You know, every so often, whenever I kind of like get the itch of like, I don't know, I don't have anything to like read because I, I also just finished a big uh, Superior Spider-Man read. Weird. Oh, um, nice. That's weird. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Coincidence. But I, I always kind of go back to like my comfort comics just as something to like fill the time. And uh, this week, I I I reread I reread uh, Doctor Strange: The Oath. I love that fucking comic. It is Great so book. good. Uh, Doctor book. Strange is firing on all cylinders right now, and has been for over a decade. And yeah. I just love that it's it's still my favorite Doctor Strange story. I did an entire episode on why it's the perfect Marvel comic. Uh, I love yeah, that book. It's a great book. It's, it's, it's so good. It's an unbelievably great book. And y'all years ago fucked up because it wasn't supposed to be a miniseries. It was supposed to be the beginning of an ongoing. <laughs> so years ago, everybody fucked up. I hate up y'all on forever. That. I hate y'all forever. <laughs> just know. You'll just always know be everybody. on my shit list for that. You're always on the list. You are my ninth <laughs> circle. <laughs> But yeah, let's uh, let's let's dive into this. Let's talk about Green Arrow Volume Three, Green uh, Issue Arrow. Twelve. Starts right up with Wanted with a baddie. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Victoria. I love Much. that in I love that in DC all of the journalists uh, are hot. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think are that's like an hot. intentional choice? They're it's DC is like, be. we got to make sure the media looks as hot as possible at all times. It's got to be. I don't know. But Victoria... There was like Channel 52 years where none of them were hot. But... <laughs> hey, Ambush Bug was doing his best. Mm, was he? Yeah. Oh, you're right. Uh, but yeah. Victoria Much is uh, very much. And much. she is a baddie. Yeah. But she kind of gives us the breakdown on uh, Green Arrow. What's been going on? Catching the reader up. Uh, all we really know, I guess, and all the uh, the media really knows, is that Oliver Queen tried, or not Oliver Queen, the Green Arrow tried to ruin Oliver Queen's life, tried to kill the CEO of uh, Queen Industries, or the CFO, pardon me, uh, Cyrus Broderick. And was chased down by cops. There's footage of him kicking the shit out of several cops. And then escaping. Mm -hmm. Before Mm -hmm. crashing a train on his way back into Seattle. So when you like stack them on top of each other as events like that. He does seem like a good one. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's proper menace behavior. Which is unfortunate. But um, we see that public opinion is divided. And there is a wonderful Seattle cast of characters here. I love that this is the Spider-Man one, like, uh, interview everybody. He stinks, and I don't like him. It's like, eight legs? Sounds kind of hot. Like, <laughs> I love that this is just that cast of people. Like, I just really <laughs> wish we had, like, the subway person singing the Green Arrow song. <laughs> <laughs> what would it be? Would it be like the theme for Arrow that he just put words to? Green Arrow, Green Arrow. <laughs> That's it. That's all it is. Just, that just looped. That'd be um, so funny. <laughs> I do love the appearance of Green Arrow 66 over here. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, he's trying. They're heading to what? Is that uh, Emerald City Comic Con? Emerald City Comic Con, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to ECCC, I guess. Love it. That's so sick. Down to the font, too. Like Down to the incredible. font. It's incredible. Uh, but we, we've got, like, all walks of life. People who agree, people who don't agree. Uh, this first person, uh, Sergeant Scott Nodding, Seattle PD, uh, keep an eye on him on this oh. greasy-haired fuck. Scott um, Nodding? Like Nodding. The like Sheriff of Nottingham? Whoa, crazy. Whoa. Crazy. Weird. Real weird. Crazy. Um, we, we also have this one guy. Earl Tapper, Redmond resident. Oh, no such thing as Green Arrow. All them photos as doctor. The liberals wish they had a bogeyman to sick on us. Jesus. He has he's no wearing a they do. He's wearing a blacked out American flag shirt, and military hat. And, Gross. He's got a specific armband on his jacket that uh, uh, is an interesting choice for Otto Schmidt to draw that, anyway. That, oh, good <laughs> lord. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> That's an anyway. excellent point. Fuck me. <laughs> uh, but then we also, I mean, we do get the interview from uh, Juniper Horton, who's a barista and is another yeah. big problem. Yeah. A huge problem. <laughs> and for her, a huge problem is black canary, <laughs> which respect. Yeah. Uh, Maureen Lynch, pharmaceutical CEO, which we saw, I believe in volume one. Yeah. I think so. Uh, Green arrow confronted her and the, Oh fuck. We do have the guitarist. Oh yeah, because it's the it's the family from yeah, from it's the one. family from the jungle. Yeah, I love them. Which I love. Uh, unfortunately, this is not the only time that they show up in this volume, and it hurts. It sure does. <laughs> so get ready to grab a hanky, everybody. But we cut to the rainier wilderness outside of Seattle, where our little Arrow fam has set up a base of operations. He lives in the forest. Dinah, Diggle, and Oliver are living in Sherwood Forest and Sherwood setting Forest. up, you know, uh, defenses. They've kind of co-opted some of the uh, some of the jungle to make their own like treehouse, essentially. Yeah. I mean, my man is so corny, and Ollie's he's, loving this. He's he's, he's loving this because right it reminds me of the island. Trees. <laughs> reminds of the island he's like oh man this yeah. takes me back to the prologue of the video game this is great yeah. i'm having a <laughs> great time motherfucker like, yeah. he loves this shit he's like i love it ain't no passing for raise he's <laughs> he's having a ball with his friends dinah diggle uh henry's there as well uh, there's this one panel very specifically where dinah is climbing up a ladder and oliver is just full force watching Yep. Um. Yep. Smile I get it. Face. I get it. Yeah. yeah. But so they've I they've set understand. up a nice life for themselves, and um, shit's about to go sideways because we cut to Pennytown in Seattle, where this officer nodding is getting a little handsy with a routine traffic stop and kicking the shit out of people while someone is while the passenger of the car is filming, and this guy's a dick. This, this guy's, guy's a dick. dick. I mean, you can tell from his haircut that he's a dick. I, uh, for real. That's not regulation. 
There's no way that's no. regulation. No, to have a uh, Lord Farquaad, uh, Lord Farquaad haircut. I was trying to think of his name. I was like, "What's the bad guy in Shrek?" <laughs> Lord Farquaad. Yeah, he's got a Farquaad cut. That's and just like Farquaad, he's got a severe inferiority complex, so he feels the need to step on people. Mm-hmm. However, uh, Green Arrow ain't sitting for that shit, and he shoots an arrow straight through this motherfucker's hand. Which is sick. Ollie is cold as ice sometimes, and I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, and so we see this passenger filming Oliver just kicking the absolute shit out of him, which I love and he eventually wrestles this guy to the ground uh the <laughs> passengers filming the whole thing and green arrow has officially become enemy number one for people who are uh fans of the establishment yeah, yeah. uh seattle city hall we see that there are protesters both for and against green arrow as well as for and against the police department and we are introduced to nathan Dominey, 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 Dominey. Sweaty fucking man I've seen in the comic before. Is this guy? It it is a sweaty man. Sweatiest looking man. His mouth is so gross on that panel, and you can so disgusting. And you can tell that this happened during a very particular time in U.S. American history. Uh huh. Yeah. Because we have a single person who is, you know peacefully protesting and giving a real life accounting of the injustices that he has been privy to. And he just incites the people who are at the rally to mob her. And we Mm -hmm. don't see her again. And that's Mm -hmm. real distressing. He straight up says, somebody get rid of her would you and don't be nice about it. Just like very gross, very Very gross. Yeah. After the rally, he gets in his limo, and Oliver is there as his chauffeur. And he tells him, look, you're a piece of shit, but you know what? You've got the in on Broderick. I need your help. And the guy's like, well, I don't want to fucking help you. I'm trying to win a mayoral campaign. I don't want to do any of this. And Oliver says, you know what? I'm going to leave this here. You can put this, you know, cloning tech in the uh the office of queen industries or you can tell everybody that you saw me no one's gonna believe you and just walks out of the car mid-traffic so just in the middle of the not even mid-traffic middle of the intersection intersection. that's so tight incredible um so he goes back to pennytown with dinah um there are homeless people who are having a real tough time and we see that one of the people who lives there uh, has drawn a picture of a very particular character. Um, this this NCR from Fallout looking motherfucker here um, <laughs> is one of the soldiers of the Ninth Circle. Mm-hmm. And this is a this is foreshadowing in an ominous clue for what i'm sure couldn't be anything nope this is probably nope. nothing nothing uh, to worry about I, I love that they ran into uh this ethan hunt type who's able to perfectly draw <laughs> on a wall with an arrow this masked you know 
uber not of a man. Yeah. <laughs> great pull. That's a great way to describe this. <laughs> it's very much Ethan Hunt drawing on his hand and drawing the perfect image of Solomon Lane. <laughs> yeah, fuck, dude. <laughs> Maybe this is Ethan Hunt. We don't know. Dude, I mean, um, you know, it's just Halloween masks. <laughs> you're not kidding. Uh, we cut back to Queen Industries where Broderick is having a thing with a spider, and I fucking hate that. Yeah, it's weird. But then it's we creepy. get a sequence of upsetting things mm -hmm. where we see the CEO of the pharmaceutical company gets shot through the shot through the heart with an arrow. Mm -hmm. We see the, we see the family. This sucks. This fucking under, sucks. But I understand the point here, but it yes. sucks. It sucks. And I hate it. I hate um, it. And we also don't know if the rest of the family is alive. I mean, the mom is most certainly killed yeah. by this arrow. Um, we also see that Victoria much gets shot in the chest with an arrow as well. Um, we see the aftermath that arrows are raining down on the jungle. People are dying. Yeah, um, people in Pennytown are all just getting barraged by arrows. Yeah, it's, uh, it's fucking upsetting. And all and, these arrows are green. And we get the clue from Broderick that we can't beat him, so let's ruin him. Let's turn the entire city against Green Arrow. Uh, issue thirteen is a little bit later. Uh, we see Green. Ar we see Oliver and Dinah having a little uh, smoochy smooch under the bridge. More than a little smoochy smooch, if I'm being honest. But then they hear. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, they're so hot. Um, yeah. We hear sirens in the distance. They whip off their morning run jackets to reveal their superhero costumes, and they head off to find out what's going on. Uh, and this is where we get the aftermath of the Victoria Much assassination attempt. She is still alive, though she is uh, on death's door. Green Arrow and Black Canary show up, and everyone's like, oh, fuck! You did this. And one of the officers rightfully says, why would he come back if he yeah. did this? Yeah. And the fucking officer, the other officer who's old too trigger happy for my liking has listened to too many true crime podcasts. It's <laughs> like, oh, they're fucking coming. They're 90% of the time you, you hold a vigil and the murderer will come to that vigil. That's like, shut the Sick fuck up. bastard just wants to gloat over the blood. Like, dude. Bro. <laughs> so immediately, uh, Ollie and Dinah book it. We get a great title drop. I do love great the title, title drop. drop for this. Yeah. Uh, Emerald Outlaw. Really good shit. And so they make their daring escape atop one of the many trains in Seattle. Uh, uh -huh. But they do see that there is another archer who is watching them from a distance. We are then introduced at the Seattle Police Department to Chief Westberg. Like My guy. guy. I like, I this, like guy. this guy. I like this guy. I love his uh, mug. Yeah, <laughs> insert donut here. That's insert pretty donut here. Listen, I love a chief guy, uh, a police guy who's just kind of tired. <laughs> He's just kind of tired. 
He's not a bad guy. He's just kind of tired. He's kind of tired. He's just job. Like, <laughs> he, he definitely, whenever he runs into Green Arrow, he just goes, hey, man. <laughs> he absolutely is. Come on, man. Come on, man. Which is what Green Arrow needs. I think Green Arrow deserves that portrayal of Gordon more than Batman does. You're not wrong. <laughs> That's a very Seattle vibe, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Just tired of drinking coffee all the time. Hey, man. Hey, I didn't man. have my donut this morning. <laughs> <laughs> so we see he's bringing in um, Sergeant Nodding. And the two of them have conflict because Nodding's getting more extreme by the day. And Westberg's hip to it. He's like, look, dude, we get it. You got punked. It got recorded. And it's everywhere. And everyone knows you as Green Arrow's bitch or Gab for short. And people <laughs> keep calling you that behind your back. I understand. In front of your face. In front of your face. Your back. Everyone's affectionately, you know, taken to calling you Gabby. I understand. Look, <laughs> I need you to cool your jets, man. Because you're you're just you're getting a little you're getting a little much for me, and then we get the reveal that the soldier that uh, Ethan Hunt was carving into the wall, the wall. Yeah. was not in fact a member of the Ninth Circle, but was in fact part of the Vice Squad. Uh, this is a great name and great look for bad guys. Great name, great look for bad guys because. And, <laughs> and it's fascinating to me that uh, they decided to basically pull the uh, pull the plot from what was that Josh Brolin movie Mob Squad? Yeah, yeah. Mob and they're Squad. like, but what if we put them against Green Arrow? Mm-hmm. Makes for a great story to mm-hmm. me. What if the Mob Squad were bad guys? Maybe y'all didn't watch the movie, but if you A-cab, did, bitch. A-cab. Uh, but we see back at the uh, back in Sherwood Forest, uh, which I'm just going to call it. You can call it something else. It's yeah. Rainier Wilderness, but I'm calling it Sherwood Forest. It's Sherwood Forest. Yeah. Uh, the Arrow fam is working on uh, making more bows and making arrows and making shit. Because Ollie doesn't have the money to pay for it anymore. Yep. So they got to make all their shit themselves. And so they're trying to figure out who this other archer could be. And we get this great page of this potential page, suspects. Yeah, is wonderful. Holy fuck. Uh, we get Shadow as a possible assailant. Uh, Emiko is also possible. And they bring up Tommy Merlin. Uh-huh. which we'll get to, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get to there. There's, we gotta explain stuff about that. I mean, we, we, um, we could, we could explain it now. All right, let's no, 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 no. let's, 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 all right, fair enough. We'll, 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 we'll get wait, to it. We'll we'll, Matami we'll, Merlin we'll, we'll was summer. the dark archer. And so as the mirror image of Oliver queen, he has to be on the board at any given time. So we see, uh, they're working on their craft. Wait a second. Wait making... a second. They also Diggle also brings up another possible suspect. That's Ooh. true. Which is interesting. Very interesting that they play it this way. 
of Diggle saying this, and unlikely as it may seem, I can't help but mention your former train wreck of a partner. And Ollie says, no, not him. With not a very him. specific dragon tattoo, which someone got during the New 52, mm. and it looks great. Mm. It looks yes. great. The boy, yes, the boy with the dragon tattoo, sure. Okay. <laughs> the boy with the dragon tattoo, yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> the boy trapped in the spider's nest, okay. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what? Genuinely, I would read those Boy books. Who it, was, fire. it was just it was about girl him. Dragon tattoo, but literally just him. just just him. <laughs> I would read that shit. He's not I would genuinely read that shit. <laughs> and it's just it's just a a year one style story of him traveling after leaving would, Green Arrow. I would read that though. I would I would fuck. With I would write that shit. DC Comics. Shit. Since all of a sudden you're you're starting to give more opportunities for Asian creators. Let me handle. Whoa. Let me do it. Let it ride, bro. Let me do it, and give me one Ferrera as my artist. Yo, let it ride, bro. That'd I'll do sick. it. I'll be sick. And we'll just call the entire series "Boy with the Dragon Tattoo," and people Boy won't know what's happening until they yeah, read it. Until they read it, that'd be sick. Um, so we see that in tracking all the victims of this arrow killer, as they call him. Uh, which bring, which make just reminds me of uh, Crossbow Killer from Birds of Prey. Yeah. <laughs> you imagine if that was the real culprit, just Huntress. <laughs> I'm not the Crossbow Killer. I'm not the fucking Crossbow Killer. <laughs> Call me Huntress. <laughs> One again, I fucking the love, best DC movie. <laughs> I fucking love Mary Elizabeth Winstead. You you She's know so this. Good. I simped for Mary Elizabeth Winstead every single week that I was reviewing Ahsoka gang. Yeah, but understandably. That that portrayal of Huntress was perfect. Yeah, it's it's the best version of Huntress. I agree. Social weirdo. And I am a big yeah. simp for the Grayson Huntress. Me too. So that's too. so that's saying so a lot. Says that says yeah. something. Yeah, actually Italian Huntress rules. Yeah. But Henry Henry has done some tracking down and he has figured out a pattern. Every single one of these people who have been attacked have a connection to Oliver. Um, He says, uh, everyone targeted so far has a significant connection to Ollie. High-profile public criticism of Green Arrow seems an especially good way to end up in the crosshairs. So I created an algorithm that mined all news sources, social media sites, Reddit boards, the bi- the blogosphere. Fuck. Yeah, that shut the fuck up, Henry. <laughs> <laughs> if this had been a couple a couple years later, it'd be like the metaverse. Oh god, you're right. And you know who came up oh. as the primary target? Cy Samson, Hawks quarterback. Says, when I talk, people listen. So I like to save up my talking for when it counts. Like right now. Seattle, you hear me? Stop cheering on that little green loser. He's always been an embarrassment. But lately, it seems he's a threat. This city deserves better. This guy sucks. He's also drawn a very specific way. And I can't he is. help. I can't tell who I can't... it is that he looks like. He looks like Colin Kaepernick. And... I think that's it's it. very interesting that that's, that's who it. they picked. Um, that's it. That's exactly it. For those of you who yeah. aren't up on your on the up and up on your sports lingo, uh, Colin Kaepernick was a football 
uh, quarterback who took a stance during the, I mean, several civil rights pushes and Mm -hmm. Black Lives Matter movements over the Mm -hmm. last few years and was basically run out of the NFL for his beliefs. Was punished for it, yes. Yeah, was punished for it. So You're right. That's exactly it. It's Colin Kaepernick, but without the hair. He has uh, white guy Colin, hair. Colin Kaepernick cut his hair short a couple times, and it looks exactly like this. Really? Yes. Uh, it's uh, it's I, just I, very – as soon as I saw him, I was like, hmm. Thank you. It has been bugging me. Like, who is this face? Like, it looks just, exactly like somebody. That's exactly I just think it. it's interesting. That is interesting. Hmm. Uh, but so we we cut to the Rainier Club. Uh, I'm, is it supposed to be like Rainier? The Rainier? No, I think it's Rainier. Uh, we have friends who named their kid Rainier. Oh, really? Like so I think well, it's hello, Rainier. baby Rainier. You are listening to this, I'm sure. Uh, we see so that. I'll be. I swear a lot, kid. <laughs> he's a baby. He won't know. Or how uh, he's not a baby. He's like he's like four or five. Oh shit. Yeah, so he better not be listening to this. Yeah, Rainier, stop listening to this. Yeah, turn it off. Uh, go watch some, some Paw Patrol. Bluey. Nice. No, don't tell nice. me to watch Paw Patrol. <laughs> Come on. Come on. But no, they're superheroes in the new movie. You don't understand. That's, that's actually literally the kid who, like, we went to his birthday party a couple years ago, and we're, I was asking him questions about Paw Patrol because I wanted to understand it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he's literally the one who, like, walked me through, like, Paw Patrol lore. So that's really funny that you say that. That is funny. Um, but we see that there is a little, uh, soiree going on. Cy Sampson's there, uh, fucking Broderick's there. And also, uh, mayoral candidate Nathan Dominey is here. Nathan Dominey. Nathan Dominey. And we see Broderick bring him down, uh, and you think it's going to be a little cask of Amontillado here for a second, but then. (laughs) Nice. Thanks. Uh, but then we see also what a fucking little weirdo. Okay. What a fucking little weirdo. I thought so this was going to lead to this? something and then it didn't. Me too. What is this? Because like a fly lands on his cheek and he just goes <laughs> and fucking eats the fly. And I'm like, what the fuck? What is that? What the fuck is his deal? Like, why is that? And maybe we'll find out. But. I thought this was going to lead to something else. Um, but so he's let into this room and there's some lady folk there along with bottles of champagne. champagne. There's some lines. Of, there's four lines of Coke. So I guess specifically four, four lines. Five. I think it's really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Just four lines. There's five of them. <laughs> Which means so, somebody's getting left out. Someone's teetotaling. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> But so Broderick leaves him alone with the women in the room, and we all know where this is going. We cut to the Seattle Police Department, where uh, Black Canary is going undercover. I This gave me serious Matrix Reloaded flashbacks for a second. Yeah. With uh, Trinity storming yeah, the Trinity's police department. Yeah. Yeah. But so we see she takes out the guard that's on duty outside, takes his uniform, and makes her way inside. She needs to get to the evidence locker to get one of the arrows. And so she, I love this scene where she goes to the guard who's like, who's doing the check-in for the evidence locker. And 
He's just like, damn, why haven't I seen you before? You're a knockout. She's like, yeah, I sure am. And fucking knocks his head against the damn. desk. Sick. Incredible. Sick. You want to talk about so some sick. Ethan Hunt bullshit? This is some Elsa Faust bullshit, and I love yeah. it. Uh, she would be a good black You man. know? Rebecca Ferguson for Black Canary, I'm about it. That's a sick. She's our, she's our Green Arrow 66. I'm really about that. She's our Canary 66. I'm into it. I'm way you know into what? it. It's kind of cool to make her a little older than Ollie, too. That is an interesting choice. How old That's kind of cool. How old is Rebecca Ferguson? Uh, I think she's, I think she's like 40, but. All I know is that she is considerably younger than Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah. I think she's like forty, maybe forty-two. She's exactly 42. forty. Great pull. She's exactly forty, right? Okay. She's nice. exactly forty. She just turned forty a month ago. Ooh, Wild. a month ago. What day? Yeah, October nineteenth. Very uh, interesting. That's close enough. That's close enough to being a Scorpio. Hell yeah. Yeah. Very, yeah. very interesting. Hell yeah. We can. Focus. But I, I do kind of fuck with that. I kind of fuck with that idea of Rebecca Ferguson as Black Canary. Holy shit. That would be sick, dude. I mean, she I'm still... Uh, Vanessa Kirby would be a good shout, too. That's true. You know what? Vanessa Kirby in Mission Impossible with that hair that she has... With that specific very, hair. It's very Dinah Lance. No hair. It's very Dinah Lance. Very yeah. Dinah Lance. But she's supposedly fan favorite for Sue Storm, so we'll see. Which, fine... But also, yeah. I mean, I mean what, 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 what about Emma Frost? Why do any of them have to be white? What about Emma Frost? Uh, uh, well, my my main my main cast for that is actually Quaz in uh, in Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania. So there goes my Reed Richards pick. You're welcome. William Jackson Harper was the best pick. He's the best pick. You're right. And yet, uh, we cut to the game where uh, Cy Sampson is on the field and Oliver is there to make sure that he doesn't get arrowed through the chest during this big game. However, Oliver is knocked off of his perch just as this mysterious archer lets another arrow fly and Cy Sampson takes an arrow to the back and immediately <laughs> dies. Now, again, there's a little bit of a weird joke here, right? There like, is. They made him look like Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick is famous for the knee. Mm -hmm. There's the arrow to the knee joke, and he takes an arrow to the back. This is all like a little specific, right? It's a it's very specific. It's kind of weird, especially when you think about it. It's kind of weird for even just a couple of seconds. Yeah, but of course. Oliver being knocked off his perch and straight into the crowd just as an arrow is let loose and kills Colin, uh, Cy Sampson. He is, of course, in the middle of a mob, and they say, The killer is great, Arrow! Get him! He's Which brings escaping. us to chapter 14. The killer is escaping! Get him! <laughs> uh, issue 14. Uh, brings in, I believe this is Eleonora Carlini? Yeah, and it's good looking. It's good looking. I love that her art looks like someone's art, uh, but just a little sharper. <laughs> a little sharper, a little bit more it's a little cleaner, and a little bit more um, realistic as well. 
not yeah. as yeah, not it's as not stylized. as cartoony. It, yeah, yeah, it has a little bit more of a more of a three D lens to it than a two D. Yeah, lens, agreed. Which is really so interesting. We get the. Seattle police mobilizing. Uh, Chief Westberg is like, fuck, I'm getting too old for this shit. Uh, meanwhile, Dinah is in evidence, the evidence locker, looking at the uh, arrowhead from the arrow that almost killed Victoria Much, when all of a sudden Westberg is like, ah, yo, what the fuck are you doing? Let's, gotta, let's go. And Dinah's just like, fuck, all right, I got to keep up this, uh, this charade. So she's driving Westberg out to the... Uh, out to the stadium where all this is going on. And Green Arrow, once again, is surrounded by football fans. The most Ooh. dangerous mob to be surrounded by. This kid behind them wants to kill him. This kid? This kid is terrible. Is coming from a real broken home. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You can tell everything that's going on with those parents. Yes. <laughs> Just by Football looking at the them. only thing they have in common. Otherwise, kid. they are bad people. Bad people. Um, and we cut to uh, every, just this one beer guy. This beer vendor is just like, murderer! <laughs> and so everyone just starts booing him. They're like, boo! Boo this man! This guy. Boo. Boo, boo this man! Oh. And so Oliver very quickly has to escape while pursuing this uh, mysterious arrow killer. Uh, Dinah is in contact with the team while also driving Westberg to the stadium. And we give chase. Everyone is racing somewhere. And Westberg actually makes a good point. He's just like, what the fuck happened to this? Like something, the math isn't mathing to me and I don't really get it, but Dinah isn't able to like have a conversation with him because she's too busy monitoring what the hell's going on. Yeah. Um, Dig is giving information uh, and is talking about how, uh, you know, he's analyzed the materials from the arrow and he's analyzed this and that, and that the fletching and the wood grain all adds up to someone who's in with the league of assassins. Ooh, who could that Trained be? by Ooh. Ooh. But we see the arrows that he lets fly at one point become detrimental to his case because whoever this Sick. archer is catches one of the arrows that Ollie shoots at him and immediately just stabs a random guy and runs off. And I just... <laughs> In my head, I can hear just this as he like stabs him and runs away. <laughs> I don't I'm know saying, why. He's the, he's the green goblin. <laughs> you know what? You're right. You're right. I mean, it's absolutely just the performative nature of that character. It's so true. They made uh, it work for this so well. This arrow killer is confronted by, I guess, bench players? Because they're no, they weren't on the field. Yeah, why they the were just hell were hanging they out in the, the locker bench? room? Jesus. But unfortunately, uh, they're in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, the arrow killer knocks one guy in the nards, breaks one guy's leg, stabs another guy through the face with an arrow, and then runs away. And yeah. they both make their way to the roof, where it is revealed that this dark archer, who Oliver thought was Tommy Merlin, is actually malcolm merlin and let's just talk about this for a sec because okay. shit gets weird <laughs> here gang okay 
depending on the continuity, depending on which, I mean, really what part of the year you're looking at when it comes to Green Arrow comics, the Dark Archer is a character who is built to be essentially uh, Green Arrow's reverse Flash. Mm-hmm. He's a character that does everything that he does except dressed in black. Mm-hmm. He's trained by the League of Assassins and mm-hmm. is always equal in every way except for his overwhelming bloodlust. Mm-hmm. Originally, this man was named Tommy Merlin. Yep. And he was an old fuck. And yep. he was just evil to the core. Yep. He was just a dick. And then he at was certain an points. An assassin for hired dick. He would be referred to as other aliases, one of which being Malcolm Merlin. Mm-hmm. But he, it was always pretty well established that he was like, like his he true Tommy Merlin. Yeah. His true identity was Tommy Merlin, and then he was given the backstory that oh, he actually grew up with Ollie, and they knew each other. He was like mm-hmm. an older brother to him, and then in the New Fifty Two. They started going off the assumption that, whoa, 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 wait a second. This show, Arrow, is doing something. Where they Uh separated Tommy and Malcolm Merlin into two separate characters. Uh Uh-huh. And the comics decided, you know what? Us two. Yep. And all of the history that they had established with Tommy Merlin now had to be divvied up between these two characters. Yep. And then during this time, they just decided, you know what? Tommy was the one that grew up with him. And Malcolm was the original Dark Archer. And then Tommy was the other Dark Archer. And it's just, it's a mess. The Dark Archer is a mess. It's messy. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'll be honest. I've never been the biggest fan of the Dark Archer being his reverse flash anyway. Give him someone Fair. else to be his reverse flash. I, you know, find, make, make a different character be that reverse flash character. I don't know who, but make it be someone else, you know? Maybe Prometheus. This, uh, I, honestly, I kind of like that a lot. I like it a lot. Now, comics Prometheus is very different. He's very different, but he's also got a dope-as-fuck costume that I actually love. I mean, goes so hard. It's one of those best 90s designs. Goes so hard. He looks so sick. But so, Malcolm Merlin is here. Remember when he put, CDs into his head? Yeah. Like, into his helmet? Because this is the 90s? (laughs) And CDs were all the rage, and they were the pinnacle of technology? CD ROMs into his helmet to download moves and techniques into his brain. It's fucking sick, dude. He's just Taskmaster with extra steps, gang. Yeah, that's it. And he's awesome. <laughs> but he's so cool. He's and he's so also cool. the worst. Yeah. And so we see that Malcolm Merlin is now the original Dark Archer, and Tommy Merlin took up the mantle after him, and Malcolm hasn't been seen in years, but now he's part of the League of Assassins. And genuinely, this is just to line up with the CW. Yep. That's all this is. That's all it is. So picture the the Tommy and Malcolm Merlin of the CW. There you go. There you go. That is what they have established now. But so they are confronted by the police department, including uh, Black Canary, who just gives a little wink. And 
Ollie puts his hands on his ears. He's like, no. And Westford goes, Black Canary? What is he? Oh, Christ, you got to be kidding me. Oh, man. And she just goes, <laughs> sorry, Chief, and fucking lets out the canary cry. Well, yeah. Uh, Oliver and Malcolm do a little bit of fisticuffs, but Malcolm's like, you have to decide. And he pulls out an arrow and shoots it <laughs> at Chief West Westberg. Yeah, Westberg. Westberg. Um, an arrow heading straight for his heart. Ollie dives in front of it, takes the arrow as uh, Malcolm basically gets away on this blimp. Love blimps. Love the random blimp. blimp. Love Love a random blimp blimp. moment. Kind of sick. So he escapes. Uh, It's discovered that Oliver used his bow to take the impact of the arrow, which saved his life, but broke the bow, which is unfortunate. Mm -hmm. But everyone knows now that there is a second archer in that Green Arrow is more or less not the guy who did these things. Yeah, he's being framed. He's being framed. Frame job. Uh, So I believe this is uh, issue 15. Which brings back our boy, your friend and mine, Juan Ferreira on art. Juan Ferreira. Let me tell you something. Juan Ferreira makes the Dark Archer look good. Makes him look good. That panel right there is sick. It is sick as hell. Makes him look like Assassin's Creed character. A good yeah, one. Yeah, that's true. Michael Fassbender. Ooh. <laughs> you know what? Michael Fassbender as Malcolm Merlin could could go for it. Yeah, I would love... You lean a, into the camp of it? A weird accented Malcolm Merlin. <laughs> That'd be fun. <laughs> you know what? He's now our cast. Tell, He's now our cast for Malcolm Merlin 66. Be- Oh, he'd be fun in a 66 kind of context, yeah. Especially give him, like, one of his fucking weird accents. Like, make him go whole hog into, like, a weird German or Dutch accent. Yeah. Yeah, let him slip into whatever his natural one is. Yeah, Malcolm Marlin. (laughs) Malcolm Marlin. I'm so excited to watch The Killer, dude. (laughs) Stock Asha. I've I've missed Michael Fassbender so much. I feel like he just hasn't been in anything in like years. That's true. I mean, I think the last thing I legit legitimately saw him in was I think Alien Covenant. That's been uh last time I saw him in was Dark Phoenix, where he's great. He is great in that movie. He's great in all those movies. Even he when is. they're bad. Uh I mean he's less great in the third one because that's the worst one, but that's because they just decided to tell the story of Days of Future Past with him again. No, yeah. It, and exactly. then did it again in Dark Phoenix. Again. Yeah. He just wants to live and make a family, and then that family he dies should. so that he can be go back to being a villain so that he can go stop being a villain and make a family again on a farm. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. He just keeps trying. He just keeps trying. Bless his heart. He's like, I know the every plan didn't work last time, try. but it'll definitely work this time. I love that. Literally every decade, he's just, oh, I hope they just leave me alone. And then somebody doesn't leave him alone. He's like, well, damn it. Now I got to kill everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but so we see uh, Michael Fassbender is on the loose. Uh, Ollie goes to meet with 
You know, that would be a star-studded cast. Ryan Gosling versus Michael Fassbender. That sounds like a roaring good time. I'd watch the shit out of that. Vanessa Kirby as I Black think Mary. we stopped casting the 66 show. We just started casting a really good Green Arrow movie. We just started casting a really <laughs> But all of them have the chops to do the campy 66 to version. Do the campy, yeah. Uh, so we see Ollie has gone to visit Victoria Much. Uh, and gives a little uh, little flowers and some, you know, holds her hand for a second. There's uh, there's a little bit of affection there, which yeah, I think is he interesting. Feels really bad. Feels bad, man. Feels bad, man. Um, so he goes out into the night. Uh, we see that panel. Oh, that panel so fucking good. Leaping out of the hospital room. Like that's like Dark Knight movie. Returns level of iconic. God damn. I wish that was the most iconic Green Arrow image. Like, Me that's too. so sick. And not the one with his junky sidekick. Because yeah. that's arguably the most iconic Green yeah, Arrow image. Yeah, that is image. the most iconic Green Arrow image. That's true. Um, we then cut to King County Adult Detention Center, where apparently uh, Scott Pilgrim's roommate has been interred. <laughs> Why would and you say that? This time is Wallace. Name is Wallace. This is Wallace. <laughs> uh, so... I just figured it was uh, 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 the the wire reference. <laughs> that's that's probably what it is. You know that Wallace actually lived, and uh, but I'm a silly boy, you know, and I love me some Scott it. Pilgrim. That's so, so funny. That's immediately what I think of when I think of Wallace. That's so funny, Wallace Wallace. Uh, but we see the Vice Squad. Vice Squad. Bidow! has infiltrated yeah. the county jail and is there to basically kill everybody. Mm-hmm. I think it's and, really interesting that of the vice squad, uh, the sheriff of Nottingham is the only one who takes his mask off. Just constantly. Well, he's got to he be the wants, face. He wants everybody to know that it's him. He says, guys, I got a new gig. It's I have good. a new gig and I serve our Tiger King and it's going to be <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> If you know, you know. We see, though, that uh, Chief Westberg is basically like, nah, fuck this guy. This is going to be a problem. Yeah. Uh, we get a great double page spread. I mean, they're both great double page spreads. But this one gives us the lowdown on everything that's going on. I This wasn't his design in the previous issue, but I love this design for the Dark Archer. Yeah, I think that's way cooler. It looks way cooler. It looks way cooler and it looks very specific. It doesn't look just like generic. Right. Yeah. You know? And so he gets frustrated. All he gets frustrated, he punches a mirror, takes very little damage from what we can tell from pu- full on punching a mirror, embraces with Canary. What a hot image. Oh, boy. There's nothing hotter than someone emotionally supporting you. Yeah. Good Lord. Yeah. Love it. And so we see the guards at the county jail be like, I know you, you're Sergeant Nodding. And he's like, nope, not a cop. Not anymore. I'm done with the red tape. Playing, done playing police. <laughs> what a dick. The vice squad is judge, jury, executioner. And he this just starts. Jared Leto. See, I was, I was thinking of like a Walter Goggins. Nah, I, I respect But he wouldn't Walter have Goggins this hair. He wouldn't have That's this hair. That's fair. 
That's fair. That's he fair. wouldn't have that hair. No, this is it like is very Jared, Jared Leto, Leto hair. Yeah. I mean, um, that bottom I, panel where they're shooting on everybody, he looks a little bit like Jared Leto Joker. He does kind of, which is unfortunate. This is I just don't Leto. want him anywhere near the product, the projects that I enjoy. Uh, 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 uh. I don't know. I mean, if he's a dick and a piece of shit and then he gets the shit rocked out of him, I'm okay with it. I mean, that's great. That's great. But I don't need him sending, you know, small animals who have been killed by arrows to his castmates. To That's a really out. good point. That's a really good point. And I'm never going to stop being bitter about this whole Tron Airy situation. I, buddy, I know. Can I tell you the the worst <sighs> thing that came to my mind last night hmm. once the strike was announced being done? Was yeah, actually, congrats. Congrats, Tron gang. Aries, Tron Aries is probably going to start filming like tomorrow. Fuck. <laughs> I fucking immediately got bummed out. <laughs> maybe this was a mistake. Maybe we should just continue like, the strike. Maybe we should continue strikes. <laughs> but maybe it's been long enough that he's just lost interest and we could just move on and give it to somebody who actually gives a fuck. Um, back to Garrett Headland. <laughs> congrats to uh to SAG. I'm as yes. a as a card carrying member, I'm very excited about the the end of the strike and that we got a yes. good deal. Um congratulations, bud. Yeah, tentatively. We're still looking over it to make sure that everything is on the up and up, but yeah. as of this recording at least, we are tentatively uh not on strike anymore. So Yeah, you all when you're listening to this, you know how it turned out. You know how it turned let out. It, let us know out. in the past. Somehow, send a message in a bottle backwards through time. Yes, message in a bottle. Oh, I was gonna go. If I could save time in a bottle, in a bottle. the first thing that I want to do. Uh, but we see all all he needed was a little hug, and him and Dinah are, are good to go, and good to go. Uh, in another way as well, but Diggle yep. steps in. He's like, "Hey, gear up! We got a war zone at the jail." He said, "Yo, man, put on a shirt. God damn, <laughs> Jesus!" He's like, "Come on, really, guys? Come on. This is my bathroom. Come on, <laughs> you guys are in my room. You you shattered my mirror. What the hell? <laughs> what the fuck, guys? You're in my room. <laughs> what are you doing in here? You have a room." <laughs> Uh, he's he's like we don't know what's going on at the county jail but uh we know that chief westberg is caught in the crossfire we gotta get in there yeah and so one two party at the county jail <laughs> one two party at the county jail we see uh sheriff nodding over here is trying to uh off some prisoners and again i mean i do love the commentary i love the commentary where the guy that he's about to kill, he's like, dude, I just bust, I got busted dealing weed three years ago. Now you can walk into a store and buy this stuff legal. Yeah. Like, come on. And we see the, the other yeah. members of the vice squad are starting to be like, this feels a little unfair. And I'm getting this a little is interesting. This is very, I, this, this is after force awakens. Right. Cause that's 2015. Yes, it this is. This is very much that Force Awakens scene. Yes, you're Finn absolutely right. And with Phasma. Yeah. It's literally just that scene. Yeah, that's true. That is a good pull. Like the, what's going on with your gun? Like, you fired a bunch, but you, you didn't shoot anybody. Like, what's going on here? 
Like, yeah. It, it's just an escalated version of that scene, which is interesting. And so the guy's like, oh, I don't fucking know. I don't want to do this. But then, blam, he gets fucking iced by Chief Westberg, who, like every good older mentor character, rolls in with a shotgun. I love <laughs> grizzled old men with shotguns. As he rolls in saying, he's not alone. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Dennis Leary is Chief Westbrook. Confirmed. Dennis, Le give him the mustache. Let's do right. this. Confirmed. Let's do this. Not he talks alone. to Ollie. You like Branzino? <laughs> you like Branzino, Queen? <laughs> there was, as a complete side note, um, if you haven't listened to it yet, our most uh, recent pitch it was uh for new superman and <laughs> i snuck in a reference to this because i knew malcolm would listen to it so i was li i was listening to it while i was doing marquee at work like <laughs> and i got to that bit and i had to stop because i was gonna drop the letter because <laughs> i was laughing so hard i was like you son of a bitch oh my fucking god, god. One day in a project, I'll get to say that, and I, I'm alone. just immediately, he's not alone. <laughs> I fucking love it so much. Um, <laughs> so uh, the good cops are there, the bad cops are there, and there was a firefight. <laughs> I mean, Willem Dafoe. Uh, you do need a Dafoe, yeah. And so the, the vice squad are immediately like, fuck, fuck, we gotta get out of here. And we see... Off in the distance, someone is raining down arrows on these motherfuckers, but it doesn't seem to be Oliver. Wait a second. Can can we interlude for a second here? Please. You said that we needed Defoe, and it kind of got me thinking, if they do a Green Arrow movie, it should be styled like Boondock Saints. That's kind of a really interesting way to tell a superhero story. You know, that is interesting. Is that, like, the superhero not be the main focus? We have it be Chief Westberg. Kind of, yeah, we have it be like Chief Westberg, you know, and he's coming in and he's like analyzing all the stuff. And that's, and then you get like flashes to it. And so it's the two dueling narratives, but the main narrative isn't with the superheroes. It's with the cop who's investigating the crime stuff. Like, that sounds awesome. That would be awesome. That's dope as hell. That would be so cool. Holy shit. That Yeah, cuz then you could play with perspective. You could play mm. Yeah. And if you did it with a story like this where like, oh, he, like, you know, let's say it's Green Arrow and so it's like, you know, Green Arrow's going after the Vice Squad. Yeah. You know, like the Vice Squad are the bad guys of the That would be so sick. Yo. That would be really fun. James Gunn, Holy if you're shit. listening, James hire Gunn, like, <laughs> hire him. He'll write that I'm right shit. Here. I'm He'll right write here. that shit. Listen, let him do I'm it. Right here, Green Arrow's my boy. I'm right here. Let him do it. I'm right here. Let me play Henry, I guess. And then I'm sorry. I, I'll, if I write that movie, it's not going to be Ryan Gosling. It's going to be Michael B. Jordan. I'm just letting y'all know. I'm still fucking into it. I'm still fucking into that idea. Michael I love B. that Jordan. shit. As Green Arrow, holla at a boy. <laughs> let's, go. let's do this. 
Let's put let's put my man's in green. I'm into it. I'm into it. But so we From see the vice killing greed, baby. We see the vice squad being pursued by the police department as well as Black Canary and Green Arrow. Um, Green Arrow saves Paul West, Paul Westberg, uh, Chief Westberg from getting <laughs> uh, ran over by the Vice Squad. Yeah, kind of crazy. Truck crashes. Uh, Vice Squad is like, ah, oh, fuck you! I'm gonna fucking kill you! And then he gets an arrow shot straight through his hand again. Again. I love it. I love it. And so him and the Vice Squad end up escaping under a storm of arrows. They escape, they drive off, and Ollie and Dinah are faced with the other arrow assailant here. It's Emiko Queen. Now going by the name Red Arrow. Sick, 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 sick. Sick as fuck. Sick, sick. Sick as fuck. <laughs> so tight. She's back from Japan. She's outrun the Yakuza, and she is back in Seattle. So tight, so tight, so tight. And so uh, Oliver and Emiko are immediately like, what the fuck are you doing? No, what the fuck are you doing? I'm Red Arrow. No, fuck you, you're Emiko. And it's like, ah, fuck, you know what? We're friends. And they hug as an explosion happens. I love that shit. That's pretty cool. Um, Everyone is, you know, kind of reeling from what just happened. Also, Emiko wearing fucking healed Converse. Like platform uh, converse, which I which respect. Which is a choice specifically of this artist. Yes, that is because a great when, point. When Juan Ferrero is drawing it, she was not. We've, we've kind of established doesn't... that they play <laughs> fast and loose with their character designs between the two artists. Well, that also just doesn't help the allegations. <laughs> no, it does not. No, it does not. <laughs> like, it's interesting reading this book and being like, wow, there is some damning evidence if you see it. <laughs> there really is, isn't there? That's interesting. <laughs> Quite odd, indeed. Very interesting. <laughs> but so, uh, Chief Westbrook is just like, fuck, Seattle PD is on their way. You guys should probably get the fuck out of here. Um... So they head over to O'Neill Airfield outside love of that. Seattle. I love, love it too. I uh, love when they do shit like that. I think it's same. super fun. That's one of the best things about the Arrowverse stuff is like every episode you get one of those kind of things. Yep. It's like, oh, we're at Meltzer Avenue. Or, you know, like They're on the like corner that. of Wolfman and Perez. Yeah, I fucking love it every time. So it's good. So good. <laughs> and so they go to this, essentially this armory of sorts and there is an interesting again commentary here where you know uh chief westberg said because dinah asked like why do you have all this stuff there's tanks there's ammunition there's artillery and he's just like you know the riots Forty thousand protesters caused 20 million in damages i wasn't chief then but afterwards the mayor demanded we build up an arsenal interesting that yeah very interesting especially uh, living here in la very yeah. interesting and then his next line of i always thought police should be defenders not warriors really yep. interesting really, really interesting. interesting commentary that uh ben percy's providing us here ben percy again allowed at the cookout based as fuck based as fuck and so they realize that's where the vice squad has been getting their their equipment 
and they've unfortunately taken a hostage and it's ethan hunt mm-hmm. still playing that role he is he is He's dedicated really to this deep one cover. yeah really, really deep, deep undercover um, I do love that the the helmet for Nottingham re- or Notting really does make him look Nottingham esque. Yeah, yeah. And so he's like, "All right, I'm going to count to ten, and I'm going to kill this guy." And they're like, "Fuck this!" And so Dinah, Ollie, and Emiko uh, go off to save this man. They save him, but they are about to be gunned down by this squad until. Boom! And we see fucking Westberg pop out of a tank. Sick. Give some backstory. Tank commander during the Gulf War. Still got it. Sick, dude. That's so tight. I fucking love it so much. Uh, we see Nodding is just like, ah, you don't fucking get it from across the uh, across the warehouse. And he's like, ah, you should check his pockets. And so Oliver looks at the uh, looks at the homeless man that they saved. He reaches into his pocket and pulls out a grenade, and he's like, "Oh shit!" There's a thirty second delay, and Westberg, who is the star of this issue apparently, Fucking just go. straight up just takes the grenade from him. He's like, "Fuck you, dude!" And he takes the takes the grenade, lobs it at Nodding, and just kills him. Uh, this is real Paul Blackthorne energy. Yes, it this is. is. I mean, 100%. Is, specifically in this issue, this is absolutely Captain Lance. This like, is 100% <laughs> Captain Lance, who is also just a tired guy. Who's just a tired guy, but just wants the job done right. Yep. Fucking goaded. <laughs> and he makes a very interesting, uh, interesting point. He says, besides, best person to handle a bad cop. Is a good cop. Crazy. Interesting. And then we get this random just blank page where it's just uh, in the collection. Do, do, yeah. Do you, do you know why they do that? You told me before, but remind me. It's They have to give in like spacer pages sometimes in order to make the double page spreads work. That's right. So this is just to make double page spreads work somewhere else in the book. Makes sense. Yeah. So we see that Victoria Much is back. She's live on the scene. She survived. Um, She's still wearing red. She loves red. red. She loves herself some red. She loves herself some red. And we find out, fuck, this is bad. Um, in, you know, investigating the warehouse where the Vice Squad was operating out of, they find uh, mass graves discovered on site. Crazy. Bad stuff. Bad stuff. Uh, Chief Westberg is basically like, look, dude, I'm not talking about the Green Arrow nonsense, but we now know that this shit was going on and this shit is bad. And all I know is that Green Arrow stuck his neck out for me, stuck his neck out for a lot of people, even though we were questioning him. So he's good in my book. And then Victoria Much uh, reports on the fact that Nate Dominey is trailing in the polls now because of his anti-Arrow stance. Green Arrow is back in the good graces of Seattle for now. And we Yay! cut to Sherwood Forest. Yay! Where Oliver uh, trips a trap, uh, which Diggle had set up accidentally. And everyone's like, all right, we're going to do this. It's going to be great. Uh, goes to Election Day, where everybody's voting. 
Um, Oliver goes to meet with Nate Domini, and he's just like, look, dude, I'm going to give you one more chance to be a cool guy. You got to give. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's like, this is your last shot, man. Don't fuck this up. And so he leaves. Uh, he goes and him and Emiko are on the path to repairing their relationship. And they go to the Dragon Palace, which is Henry's family's establishment. Hell and yeah. this is just this is just a nice scene. It's nice. It's just a nice scene. Everybody just around a table, snacking. Yeah. Eating good food. Kind of thick. Uh, that night, we see at the home of Chief, Chief Westberg, who's just sitting in the dark with a be- uh, bottle of scotch, looks like. Uh Green Arrow shows up. Scene, the most CWC. The most CWC. You are absolutely correct. C- because, this I is mean, the, how often did we see this exact thing with fucking Barry Allen? <laughs> we get the fucking title card, the... Yeah, and then we get this exactly. scene as the post credit stinger. Yeah. Uh, Chief Westberg is just chilling and relaxing. And Green Arrow walks in and he's like, I trust you. You trusted me. And I hope I can trust you because I'm Oliver Queen. My name is Oliver Queen. And for the past five years, I <laughs> goes into the full monologue. And the guy's the like, what thing. the fuck? And he's like, is that, is that theme music? Why, the why do is I this? hear Blake Neely music playing? <laughs> what the fuck? But I love this response too. Uh, Oliver unmasks himself and immediately... Westbrook pours himself a shot. Yep. That that is fucking Paul Blackthorne energy. Yeah. Yeah. Like they cat you want to talk about perfect cast. That was the perfect casting for yes. that character. Yeah. Top five castings. Uh and honestly, it ain't number five. One hundred percent, my guy. Uh, but we see a new partnership established. They're like, we're gonna work together to try and save this city. And Westbridge says the line. I'm too old for this crap. Mm-hmm. I fucking love it. I fucking love it. But yeah, what the hell, son? I'll help you. <laughs> awesome. He's like, but first I got to take a leak. And so he goes to the bathroom, takes his leak, goes to wash his hands, but he didn't check the shower curtain. Malcolm Merlin was in there. And we see a couple minutes later, water start to pool outside of the bathroom. Oliver notices this. He busts in and he finds an open window and Westberg with an arrow through his head. This fucking sucks, dude. Sucks. I'm mad. It's kind of a major bummer. I'm real mad about it. Um, which brings us to the final chapter, I believe, of this week. Uh, second to last. Second to last. You're right. Um, so no, uh, no, it, it, is it? I think it actually is the final. I think. You're okay, right. so issue seventeen. Yeah. Where we see uh, the aftermath. Uh, Oliver making a new bow, talking about you, and why it's so, why it's such a good wood to make, and why the trees are so important. Uh, we also find out that Westberg was Jewish, which I think is an interesting, mm-hmm. interesting little nugget of information. Yeah. Uh, we have 
all of just a montage of the police procession, his death, his funeral services, as Oliver is making this new bow and realizing that he's got to go to war. Uh, we also find out that in the aftermath of the death of Chief Westberg, who was the biggest proponent for Green Arrow and the fact that he was his body was found with an arrow through his head, the city has once again turned against him. Which mm-hmm. sucks, and it kind of makes me feel like, what? Why did we go through all that? Um, just to come straight back here. Seattle is fickle, bro. Seattle <laughs> is fickle as fuck. You go one false move, shit looks bad for you. Fickle as fuck. Fickle but as he, fuck. Oliver, after making his new bow, which looks sick as fuck. Um, yeah. Finally, says, it's not a fucking uh, recurve. Not no, it's not a. It, it is a. It's not a, a compound bow. Yes, you're right. It drives me crazy to see like archers in like TV and shit using compound bows. That's so fucking lazy. Get into <laughs> it. Uh, get into it, Malcolm. I'm fascinated by this take. That's fucking lazy, bro. Like compound bows take a lot of the weight off for you. It makes it a lot easier. Nah, I want to see somebody who's skilled. I want to see them use an actual bow bow. That's why, like, you know what's sick about Kate Bishop in the fucking MCU? She just uses a giant-ass longbow. It's fucking she tight, is. dude. That's fucking tight. A like, bow is almost as tall as she cooler. is. Yeah, <laughs> she, and she has to carry around this gigantic-ass bow. It's sick. Like, <laughs> it's so cool. You know, it's almost about that time. Her. I miss her. <laughs> it's almost about that time to do that It's Hawkeye almost about rewatch. Christmas time. You're right. You're it's almost right. about that time to do that Hawkeye rewatch. You're right, baby. <laughs> Um, one of the most rewatchable things that MCU has done in a very long time. Yeah, it's it's fun that uh, you know what that show just gets better and better every time you watch it. Every time you watch it. Every time you watch it, it gets better. Every time and better. you watch it, it gets better. That one's that one's real good. I think everyone slept on Hawkeye. Everyone slept <laughs> on it hard. It's kind of crazy how fun it is. It's so good, like. Over the Garden Wall has become my my fall rewatch every year. But the, for the past like year, like I I did a did a Hawkeye rewatch last year, and I'm like, this is yeah. fun. I got to do this every year. Yeah. So it might be my Super winter fun. rewatch. It might be the winter. Plus, it'll be nice to watch that right to go into Echo. True. January tenth. It looks great. Looks fan. Fantastic. Looks so good, despite so the showrunner being kind of a dick and giving a really fucking insensitive quote on Twitter. Yeah, kind of a wild choice. Wild choice <laughs> that, to say kind that. Kind of a wild choice, yeah. Uh, but I think goes a very long way to say that people don't think about that terminology, which is interesting. Um, but also just people being put, you know, assigned to projects that they don't give a shit about. Yeah. Like, my, I keep fucking... It makes me so annoyed when I see people like, oh, this character was kind of lame in the comics, so I'm going to make him cool. It's like, shut the fuck up, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It but sucks. that's just me. No, I, I agree. I love Echo in the comics, so I kind of wish she did have the same ability, because I think it was yeah, a good me ability too. to have. But hey, that's fine. Anyway, speaking of people uh, in their ivory towers making bad decisions, we cut to Queen Industries. Mm-hmm. Uh, where Broderick is showing, you know, he, he's doing his Mufasa like everything the darkness touches now <laughs> to the new mayor of Seattle, Nathan Domini. 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 I'm going to Domini. 
Dominique. Uh, but we find out that Broderick was, of course, recording in the room where Domini had his fun with the lady friends. Because, of course, people don't just gift rooms like that with no strings attached, buddy. Nope. You're a fucking now, idiot. Now, here's the thing. Again, there was only four lines of coke. What if <laughs> Domini didn't do coke? Or did he? Then this just comes off as a sexy little tape. It could be. But I think he did the coke. Because he ain't married. I think he did all he four lines. He probably did. You're right. This fucking weirdo. Um, weirdo. But while Broderick's gloating, Dominique decides, oh, fuck. Like, I gotta I gotta do this. I gotta help out Ollie. Ollie was right. Yeah, and I got a thingamajig in my pocket. I gotta do this thingamajig. I gotta do this thingamajig. But of course, Broderick catches him. And then we cut to the ninth circle. Remember the ninth circle, y'all? Remember them, gang? <laughs> Dominique's about to remember them forever. Because they fucking brand him! They brand on his tummy. They brand right on the tummy. They're like, we right on the belly now, button. bitch. Fuck, dude. Yeah, do you think dude. that they do it on purpose so that way the belly button is like one of the circles? It's like the ninth and circle they, is, they is they the most innermost circle. circles on the thing. <laughs> What if someone has an Audi? It doesn't really work as a... Anyway. Um, then, then they're the really special ones. Then they're really... They're the high-ranking officials. They're high-ranking, yeah. We cut to Coma News 2, which I think is hilarious, considering the fact weird. that Victoria Much was in a coma. Yeah, weird. Uh, <laughs> Don't like it. <laughs> so weird seems, choice. Seems rude. Uh, but we see Victoria is still recovering, and she is visited by Green Arrow, and they have like a little, a little hot moment together. I kind of love this. This is this is what I always want from Batman and Vicky Vale. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, I, I mean she's very Vicky Vale coded. Like, she is extremely Vicky Vale coded, right down to the red hair. Right down to the red, yeah. You know, but uh, I love her. I think she's great. I also love that she's wearing green. She's wearing a green little turtleneck. That's specific. Yep. Fair Christmas. She likes him. She likes, she likes him now. She's <laughs> she like, we're on the same so team now. Much. She likes him so much. She, she likes him a lot. She likes him a lot. She wants a smooch. She <laughs> wants a smooch. And she thinks she's going to get one. Yeah. Uh, she even says, I'm all yours. So, but Arrow is there to give, uh, to give her this flash drive of all the bullshit that the Ninth Circle is doing. He's like, people aren't going to listen to me. They will listen to you. It's going to put you in danger, though. So just be aware of that. And she's like, yeah, I know. And then he looks and he's like, did you keep the flowers I brought? She's like, yeah, I dried them. And she goes, and this, for whatever reason, I, I love this. <laughs> brought me back to like Schumacher dialogue, which kind of fucks sometimes. Yes, it is absolutely very very batman forever style she says like, speaking of it. exclusives are you and black canary he goes yes she goes because an arrow nearly hit my heart you know i, I fucking love it. love it so much i love this so I much i fucking love it so much and he's like i know and i won't let anyone hurt you again we cut back to uh sherwood forest where ollie and emmy are training but then they are showered in arrows. Uh, Malcolm Merlin is there to finish the job. Him and Ollie get ready for their final showdown, uh, but they use the traps and 
nets at their disposal to isolate Merlin until it's just a one-on-one battle between him and Oliver when all of a sudden he trips a wire and a giant fucking tree trunk comes in and shatters against this man. Dude. That is a fucking stage fatality if I've ever seen one. It's crazy. With his arch rival bleeding out on the rocks, Oliver goes in for the kill, but he is knocked out by John Diggle, who takes Malcolm's body and he says, don't try to follow me. I'm sorry, Oliver, but I owe this man my life. And he leaves. What? We get the arrow uh, title card. And then we get the... (laughs) The post credit scene. <laughs> You're so right. It's You're this so is what right. it is. Um, and we cut to the Seattle Public Library, Special Collections, where Veronica Much is doing Victoria Much? Victoria? Victoria. Victoria. Uh is Victoria. doing some added research. She's found some maps and uh her research goes like this. <laughs> to know a subject fully, you have to investigate its beginnings. That's what my old journalism professor used to say. So here I am in the archives studying the Queen family fortune, which tracks all the way back to the origins of Seattle. When I look at the old maps, the old deeds, I find something curious. Whether it's important or not, I don't know. But Queen Industries appears to have been built at the center of a star. A star city. And that is where the volume ends. It's so silly. <laughs> I love how fucking silly it is. It's and they're trying so to rewrite silly. history. They're trying to rewrite it's history. They're trying so to steal silly. Boston Green Arrow away from you. Trying to steal him. This is what the fuck. This is what the fuck. Queen Industries in the middle of a star? I don't think so. Middle of a star? More like in the middle of a parked, parked car. <laughs> parked car. Um, but yeah, that that wraps up this this volume. Uh, Malcolm, final thoughts on this? What'd you think? Did you have a favorite this part? This volume's pretty great, man. I don't know. It's, it's pretty good, fun. Dude. Like, it's real good. Uh, it was fun rereading this because uh, I've read all of this run. I don't remember any of this stuff. I <laughs> this is new stuff for me, buddy. I I remembered the first volume very well, and I remembered Same. the second volume pretty well. But this, like, I didn't remember any of this. I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> I'm reading this for the first time. This is amazing. <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, yeah, this was super fun, man. It was just a good time. Uh, I like Green Arrow going up against this kind of threat. Uh, Agreed. You know, very, very street-level plus, I should say. Yes, um, I love that. You know, I, I, I love it. It's super fun. Uh, best part, favorite part, I love Victoria. I think she's she great. She's great. I think she's really great, and I hope she sticks around. Uh, I think she's fun. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just like this volume. I thought that was super fun. Hell yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. We talked last week about really loving the back half of last week's volume, and this week's volume was basically all of that kind of vibe. Um, I love superhero versus the police department drama, um, especially when he's got like one friend in the police department. Oh yeah. Um, 
honestly, my favorite part was Chief Westberg, man. I loved him. He was incredible. I'm so great, sad man. that we only get him for one volume. Shit sucks. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm really excited to see where they go with this. It's going to be a great time. Um, however, that wraps up volume three. Before we get into next week's stuff, uh, Malcolm, got a couple of emails to read. So uh, what time is it? It's melt time. It's melt time. Melt time. It's melt time. It's melt time. Melt time. <laughs> if you want to be part of the Geeksplain Book Club mailbag, send your emails to geeksplain at gmail.com and in the subject header, mention Quiver somewhere and we will read it here on the Friday show. Anywhere. Anywhere. Our first email comes from good brother Jacob Goodhart. Jacob. Jacob writes, Dear Geek Explained Podcast. Remember how at the end of last volume you guys mentioned how Ben Percy just has his hand on the pulse of the world with how he handled certain things? Yeah, I think we could say that this man is almost like Ko Kojima from Metal Gear and can either just see stuff like this happening while no one else is really paying attention to it like I was when this first came out, or he's a full-blown psychic who can somehow see the future. I mean, that's how I explain Kojima. Dude predicted the world being shut down to a due to a deadly threat and us retreating yeah. inside our own isolated bubbles while the only people out in the world were delivery men. That's spooky shit, and it's why I both respect and fear him. And Malcolm, you mentioned that you would love Ben Percy to write a Mission Impossible movie. Well, he didn't do that, but there is a whole 007 comic book series he wrote called 007 Black Box, which probably will tick off most of those boxes. Which was very good. Yes. Uh, I honestly felt myself getting uncomfortable with how real this book got at times and how much, uh, how much of what this book says with the Vice Squad is reflected in today's day and age. I mean, there's always been people who think that people who don't contribute to society should be taken care of, but it only feels like it's becoming more louder in the past few years. And seeing Ollie, Dinah, and Captain Westberg stand against these ideals is really inspiring, honestly. I think Westberg might be the MVP of this volume. The man saw an APC charging at him and got out of his car, pulled out his gun, and stared it down. How did Oliver manage to push him out of the way with balls that big weighing him down? I'll never know. Yo, for real. Uh, for real. I honestly forgot he died at the end of this and was wondering if we'd see him act as GA's Gordon going forward. Also, I gotta say, Black Canary in a police uniform is... Look, she's already a problem for me. Why do they need to make it worse? Uh, which leads us to our primary antagonist of this volume, Malcolm Merlin. I only knew him from the Arrow TV show, and it's clear that was kept in mind as this book told more and more about him. I don't remember him having the Norman Osborn thing of liking Oliver more than his own son, though. Honestly, that's a trip that instantly makes the bad guy. That's a great pull. I didn't even think See? about that. You're See? right, Malcolm. I told you, You're right. man. He's literally just... Uh, he's just he's ultimate just, Norman Osborn. Holy he's shit! Ultimate Osborn, yeah. He's, he's I wonder the what they're going to do with him in Hickman's Spider-Man. Make him young. Ooh, make him young and hot. Make him young and hot. Oh, interesting. There's uh, no Harry. There's this young, hot Norman. Oh man, I don't know what it is, but the idea uh, on it. Uh, I I don't know what it is, but. The idea that you like some other kid more than your own flesh and blood just makes me think they're a piece of shit. Thankfully, he gets a log to the face for his troubles. I started my X-Men read this week with the first appearance of the new X-Men team to rescue the old one from Krakoa. It reminds me of that Futurama episode where the crew goes on the same route that killed the old crew. Not exactly inspiring. Also, I always forget that Cyclops doesn't technically fire laser beams from his eyes, but concussive force. It's true. It's Punch dimension. Blast. Yes. 
Still, I'm going through the first volume, and it's kind of weirdly fun to read these old comics. I think the oldest books in my collection are the Stanley and Steve Ditko Spider-Man run, and boy, Stan loved waxing poetic, but I'm enjoying it so far. Speaking of Spider-Man, I'm super glad you guys beat the game. There were a number of times in the games where I thought to myself, oh, this was specifically made to get something out of Eric and Malcolm. But overall, I think it's the best Spider-Man game yet. I don't want to spoil anything for those who haven't played it. I will say that this version of Craven might be my favorite interpretation outside of the comics, and I was surprised by what exactly influence the story for this game i'm on my second playthrough now with photo mode until new game plus comes out and i can replay missions and change the time of day there was actually a piece of news that came out as i'm typing this up about the future of the series and personally i'm for it considering the story they're telling i can't wait for the next game in the series hopefully i'll be animating for insomniac at that point but right now i'm just happy with what we have that's a great goal buddy oh i also don't know what news he's talking about no The, the miles news Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I did find out about that, which I think is fucking great. Makes sense. And Makes sense. not to spoil the ending, but gives credence to what I think the next game is. That's a good, oh, that's a good point. We talked about <laughs> it. Really yeah, good. that's a good point. <laughs> Uh, Jacob continues I also watched the season premiere of Invincible this past week and man it's so good to be back with peak superhero content it even takes something that I'm sure most people have gotten tired of with the multiverse and put a whole new spin on it and the craziest part is that it's adapted straight out of the comics from over two decades ago Kirkman man dude's ahead of his time can't wait to collect the rest of firepower when the next omnibus comes out also can't wait to play the Adam Eve visual novel game that comes out in a week man I think Eve is getting up there with my favorite superheroes I do think it's funny that Kirkman admitted that he doesn't think he can use Eve's powers to the fullest in the creative sense. It kind of shows in the comic, but so far between her in the show and her own special, she's gotten much better representation in, in the animated format, I think. And lastly, this past weekend, the worldwide phenomenon Attack on Titan finally ended, and the ending is kind of divisive. I personally think it's 100% fitting and makes it one of the best stories ever told, but others are just kind of mad it's not what they wanted, which I kind of get but disagree with. The whole series is worth a couple podcast episodes to discuss the themes and characters alone, but I'm nowhere near qualified to discuss them in any serious manner. For this week, I don't have a question, but I pitch I think you'll both like. Pitch goes like this. In the wake of Ultimate Invasion, a powder cake has been set between two of the world's powerful kingdoms, the Children of the Eternal Light led by the Immortal Hulk and the Land of Fire led by the Harada-Yoshida Alliance. With the fallout of the events of Ultimate Universe Number 1 leaving the world reeling, there are moves being made to quietly shift the balance of power between the Immortal Hand and the Land of Fire. Between these two nations, one of the only parts of the world where no one rules over is Madripoor, an island where now laws enforced except those made by the ones with the most thugs and guns, where it where anyone is welcome as long as they can survive the night and where anyone can start a new life as easily as ending one. But when a ship carrying one of the Yoshida clan's representatives is run ashore in Lowtown, with men bearing the fist of the immortal on their uniforms, a plot that could shift the balance between them spills out into the lawless streets, and only one man can get to the bottom of this mystery. He's many things and has gone by just as many names. Jim Howler, Jeremiah Locke, James Hudson, and Logan Howlett. But those in Madripoor, those who know anything worth a damn, know him by one name, Wolverine. And just for fun, I added my own Ultimate Wolverine logo I threw together myself. I honestly just thought of making this Wolverine Jimmy Hudson, since apparently that's more what Wolverine was originally going to look like under his mask by the original artist before someone else beat him to it. Actually, he was originally going to be a sentient Wolverine. But you're correct. That was the... the the initial design got uh, repurposed for Jimmy Hudson. It's why I fucking love Jimmy Hudson. 
Uh, I love ma the Madripoor setting for a number of reasons, and given how the Yoshida clan is part of the alliance that's on the Maker's Council, a political thriller set there with him makes a lot of sense given what's going on in the Ultimate Universe right now. Thanks for reading, Jacob Goodhart. That's a pretty dope pitch. I'm going to pull that's up this, uh, this Ultimate Wolverine. That's looking good. Ooh, that's looking that good. good. That I like that a lot. Ooh. That does look professional. I like that shit. That's good. But yeah, that's a great pitch, man. That's a great pitch. That's I'm it. very yeah. curious what they do with Ultimate Wolverine here, considering the I'm last Ultimate Wolverine all of these people. was a creep. Yep. Yep. But it's it's going to be interesting, for sure. Our next email Wolverine comes from... Here. Yeah. Our next email comes from Ben C. Dela Cruz. Oh, I forgot to mention. Um, Jacob's... Uh, Jacob's subject header was just quiver mailbag. Ben C. Dela Cruz's is quiver of recommendations. Pretty good. Ooh. Uh, ben C. Dela Cruz writes, Sup, Longbow Hunters. Sorry about the email hiccup last week. That's my fault for not double-checking my solicits. Anyway, hope that you're doing all right. This week, I have two comics I want to recommend. For my obscure Elseworld of the week, I'd like to recommend Superman War of the Worlds, which is basically Golden Age what? Superman versus H.G. Wells' Martian Invaders. Ooh. Sick. That sounds sick wonderful. as fuck. It's a fun little throwback to 40s era Superman as he faces off against the definitive alien invasion with nothing but his golden age power set. Okay, but when in the golden age? Because he went from having very yeah. little powers to having all of the powers. Yeah, I'm assuming you mean very little power. Probably, yeah, older, early, early golden age. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my second book I'd like to recommend is one I want to tell you both about due to hearing the incredible Green Arrow 66 pitch from Mullet Overlord last week, and that's The Wrong Earth from Ahoy Comics. Written by Tom Payer, who wrote some of the stories for the Batman 66 sequel comic, the elevator pitches, what if Adam West and Dark Knight Returns Batman swapped places? Yeah. The bright, cheery costume do-gooder Dragonfly Man of Earth Alpha, where Fortune City is constantly beset by colorful criminals of, of all kinds, winds up swapping places with the gritty, ultra-violent vigilante known as the Dragonfly from Earth Omega, whose version of Fortune City makes most versions of Gotham look peaceful by comparison, and both have to navigate their new surroundings without the tropes of their worlds to rely on all... Uh, to rely on, all while uncovering the mystery of the strange mirrors that brought them to their new locales in the first place. There's two volumes, a prequel called Dragonfly and Dragonfly Man, and a collection of five one-shots, ranging from a Gail Simone-written Archie parody to one written by Mark Wade. Mm -hmm. It's one of my favorite indie books in recent memory and something I'd recommend to any comic fan. If you haven't heard of either of these books before, I hope you check them both out. Best wishes, Ben. That sounds dope as fuck. Yeah, I read the first couple issues when it started coming out, and it was pretty good. I just fell off of it, but yeah, I like that. It. Sounds so freaking cool. I want to look this up real quick. Yeah. Ooh, and I like the art style. I was gonna say this should be a good like cover. I said them like back to back, which is kind of for fun. sure. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, I like fun. this a lot. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely gonna read this, gang. Uh, yeah, go go read uh, Wrong Earth. That sounds fucking awesome. Wrong. Earth. Um, and our final email comes from good brother Adam Stringfellow. Adam, who writes loading the quiver. Nice. Uh, what up? What up? Green Arrow and Arsenal. Aw. Aw. Aw, babe. 
Uh, hope y'all are off Aww. to a good week so far and doing well. I've been progressing through Spider-Man 2, and this is definitely hands down the best superhero game of the modern era, in my opinion. I just defeated Craven as a certain so-and-so in Times Square, if you know, you know. So from there, I believe I'm getting close to the ending and can only imagine how this finale will turn out. So it's been mentioned twice. I do love this version of Craven. Yeah, Craven rules. He it's is the hottest so version good. of Craven. Definitely the hottest version of Craven. Definitely the hottest. And that's even taking into account uh, future Craven, Aaron Teller Johnson. That's true. Who is a very hot Craven. But a different uh, kind of hot, I think. But a different kind of hot, yeah. Um, yeah. great depiction, I thought. Really, really good stuff. Yeah. Uh Adam writes, for my question this week, I wanted to ask the two of y'all this. With how I asked what your favorite version of Ollie and Dinah are, what are y'all's favorite versions of Roy Harper? Not only that, but what do you think is the quintessential reason that y'all love Roy as a character? For me, I would say my favorite version of him is also from Young Justice. Not only is his suit absolutely... Not only does his suit absolutely drive as Green Arrow, but I love how they did a clone twist on him in season one. Spoilers! Uh, which then turned into his classic addiction storyline from the comics with him trying to get back, with him trying to track down the real Roy. They don't exactly say that he's been on heroin in the show, but it's kind of explicitly implied that he is. Which then extends to him getting clean and being the best single father in the history of superhero media. Which leads me to why I love Roy as a character. He is living proof that we are all more than our worst mistakes. Would love to hear y'all's thoughts and opinions on this topic for Roy. Take care team, love y'all, stay safe, and I'll catch y'all next week. All the best and much more, Adam. So I'll, I'll turn that over to you first, Malcolm. Uh, I love Roy Harper. Um, Same. I love that character. And there's a specific reason why I do, and it ties into my answer. My favorite Roy Harper uh, is Roy Harper in the comics from 2003 through 2009. Uh, love it. Which starts with the Judd Winnick Outsiders run, where Roy is the one who really starts that team. Um, gives them their mission, you know, gets them set up with the corporation, uh, is post his spy life, but using a lot of those skills and a lot of those techniques, uh, is kind of like an expert tracker. Uh, it's just an all around badass. Isn't just using arrows and stuff. He's using guns and stuff, but he's, he's a master of, he's called Arsenal for a reason. Yeah. Cause he's a master with every weapon. Um, and then that leads him on the path of becoming the red arrow which I absolutely love um, him joining the justice league and Melcher's justice league. I mean, <sighs> there's a lot of reasons why Melcher's justice league is my favorite justice league run. So good. But that's, that's where, that's where Roy really, I mean, that reveal, you know, that, of that the reveal Red is so Ugh. good um, of, you know, Ollie, uh, the, the team is slowly starting to build. If you haven't read the tornadoes path folks, it's, it's the best justice league story. I think. Um, it's, 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 Read that shit. it's great. It's, it's so good. Uh, but you know, the team is while Batman, Superman and Wonder Woman are sitting in a cave building the team for the justice leagues, figuring out who's going to be on the roster. The team is starting to naturally come together while they're trying to solve this mystery of how did the red tornado become human? Um, and with that, uh, Ollie and, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Dinah and Hal go to Ollie to get his help. And he says, no, you guys should take Roy. Like, I'm doing some stuff. You guys should take Roy. And this leads Roy onto the path of becoming the Red Arrow by the end of the volume uh, and joining yeah. the Justice League as the Red Arrow. 
And it's, it's a certain level of graduation that I think, uh, Dick was denied. Yep. Um, uh, very heavily, but I love that Roy got to have it. It's yeah. something that Wally sort of got to have in becoming the flash, but you know, it's, it, it's, it's a big step. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I love it. And he becomes his own man, his own identity. And, really makes red arrow something until it's all taken away from him by James Robinson. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, it's so true. Makes me sad. So, uh, Roy Harper from 2003 to 2009 is one of my favorite characters, man. I, I love that guy and I miss yeah. him. I miss him <laughs> a lot. So I, I'm right there with you. That whole era for Roy was kind of, it's where he peaked for me as That's a character. the peak. Yeah, uh, he he ascended to the mountaintop. Um, outside of comics, um, I do love the Young Justice version of that character. Yeah. I love the beginning when he's in his silly little Roy costume, but he's voiced by Kristen Freeman. So his voice is down here. Yeah. And he's like, this was supposed to be the day. Today and he's the day. And he's like that guy who's just like perennially just forced to sit at the kids table even though he's like 25 and mm-hmm. he's like i am supposed to be an adult and watching him grow from season to season was fascinating and i love yeah. that version of him and i also do love little like shithead goblin arsenal where he's just like i'm killing everyone me too um that too. arc for both of them is incredible and watching him kind of grow and become dad of the year um was amazing yeah. it was it was one of my favorite episodes of i believe season three was you know him uh, him recruiting like his former titans or i guess young justice uh teammates to go and be personal security i thought i love that yeah. version of the character but there is a version of the character that will always hold a special place in my heart because it was how i was introduced to him and that's teen titans roy harper <laughs> I love Teen Titans Speedy. He's a little arrow goblin. He's a little shit. Um, he's introduced in the episode Winner Takes All, um, where the, I forget his name, I think it's like the Game Master or something, uh, collects a group of teens from across the world to basically go and have a big old tournament y'all know how much i love my tournament arcs and the final ends up being speedy versus robin and there are Mm -hmm. jokes made about how similar they are um he ends up going on to be a member of tight of titans east which is really fun um and then he's canonically the only member of that show to be part of the justice league cartoon he's part of the dcau it's the same voice actor the exact same costume and Mm -hmm. he is part of soldiers of victory episode maybe my favorite episode of the entire show patriot act it's it's at least one of the best if not the best it's top three and it's not three i'll tell you that much oh yeah I love that episode and his banter oh, yeah. with Oliver is just perfect. The Crimson Avenger and my former sidekick, former partner, former Speedy, partner. we got to do this now. Like I fucking <laughs> love them together. 
It's so good. <laughs> and it, I mean, it helps that it's, you know, one of the best versions of Green Arrow. Um, yeah. I just, I love everything about that version of the character i also love his for you know the version of him i mentioned my favorite version of uh of ollie was batman brave and the bold i love roy <laughs> i yeah, love roy and batman fun. brave and the bold he's where it's like oh gee willikers guys i don't know what i'm doing and there's there's this great moment where everyone's talking about like how man sometimes maybe we just need to stop mistreating our sidekicks and oliver's like I treat my sidekick great. What are you guys talking about? And then it cuts to the two of them in a tree with alligators in the water. He's like, Speedy, go get my bow. It's down there with the alligators. <laughs> I just fucking love those characters. I want an entire show just on them. That would be the template for early, se- or for I guess our flashback sequences for uh, for yeah. Green Arrow sixty six of just him so continually being like, I treated him like he was the salt of the earth. He was nobody could have asked for a better mentor than me, and just constant flashbacks to him just being the worst mentor. Yeah, because him being like, Yo, Speedy, can you shine my shoes? Like, <laughs> they, they just don't look right. <laughs> He's like, You're not even. Those are canvas shoes. They don't. You're supposed to shine. Still shine. We're <laughs> supposed to be the gleaming example, Speedy. Don't forget that. <laughs> star City is the gleaming star of the United States. We gotta shine like a star. <laughs> we gotta shine like a star. Remember? <laughs> yeah, I. Oh God, I I love, and it it just kind of gets into why I love that character. Uh, Roy Harper is a special character for me because he was the, and maybe this is a common theme with me um i love screw up characters i love characters who are forced to go through adversity i love characters who have unrealistic expectations placed upon them and characters who oftentimes fall short of those expectations because it makes you want to root for them um roy harper is the perennial underdog in every situation even when he's on top he is fighting from beneath um He's a great character, and he makes a great uh, juxtaposition, a great foil for Dick and Wally, who are messes in their own way, but not in the same way that Roy is. And the trio of them is a fantastic little goblin squad, and I love the three of them together. Um, It's why I love them in Young Justice, it's why I love them in the original comics, and it's why I loved that they all kind of crystallized at the same time in the comics with... Roy becoming, I mean, he was the last of the three to really take that jump from being viewed as a sidekick to being viewed as a main player. And so I, I love that character and, you know, controversial opinion. I've actually loved a lot of the stuff that they've done with him from the new 52 forward. I know you have not the least of which putting him in that nice little trucker hat. I know you love it. Trucker hat, the Bret Hart sunglasses. They rule. They're great. I love them. But yeah, I, I love that character. I think he deserves the world and I want greater things for him. So yeah, love that. You know what I just realized? Hmm. Uh, everyone's favorite version of Hawkeye is Hawkeye. That's literally just Roy Harper. It's, <laughs> it's kind Roy of Roy Harper. Harper, yeah. They just coded Roy Harper onto Hawkeye. 
they took really. Hawkeye from being Green Arrow to being Red Arrow. That's that's cool. a fair that's a fair shout. That that's that what? is a very good point. And I would honestly kill for a David Aha drawn Red Arrow oh. book. He's oh. my artist for oh, Boy with the Dragon artist. Tattoo. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. For those of you who didn't pick up good. on that earlier, we were talking about Roy Harper. Yeah. yeah. But I think doing like a year one story with him, but it's year one of his sobriety, I think would that be incredible. And so that's why he's so invested in these things because he needs a distraction. Because he needs the distraction and he, he needs, needs to find his way. Focus. That'd be and so good. The way you track his, you know, the way you track his progress, the way you, you know, track time throughout that year are the coins uh, that he gets. That would be so sick. I and it everything brings him back to Ah, yeah. I just that would be sick. I might do a pitch uh, for this. Can I? Can I, I see I, your I really David Aha? This idea. Can I see your David Aha and raise your Jorge Fornes, who has a very similar style, but oh, would actually fuck. put the book out faster? Because he, because then the book would actually happen. <laughs> oh fuck! You're right. But you got a Jorge yeah. Fornes on that. You know what? That's shit. That's Juan's right there. I'm gonna write it. David For- Forte or uh, Jorge Fornes can illustrate it. And it's going to be a bestseller. And it's going to be a bestseller. It's going to be incredible. So DC Comics, if you're listening, uh, tap Malcolm to write the uh, Green Arrow movie. Yeah, tap please. me to write the Arsenal Year One story. Yeah. I just think that's and such we a... got this. It's such a cool fucking idea. Yeah, that would be really fun. Year One of him getting clean, like, ah. And so he becomes an investigator. Yeah. And he's and it, you know, ugh! yeah, I like this idea. I might do a pitch. That'd be, for this. Re- that'd be really fun. I might be. I might do like a formal pitch for this. I don't know. You should. Um, that'd be really fun. I really like that idea, too. And Jorge Ford is an art. Oh, my God. That shit would sing. Yeah, that'd be gorgeous. Y'all who've been sleeping on Danger Street. I'm just waiting be... for it all to be done. I get I, it. I, I, I get it. And that is absolutely a book that needs to be read in trade. I, yeah, um, I think that book is really going to work well in trade. It's going to work <laughs> great like, Yeah, I need the whole picture of this. <laughs> but especially when he was, you know, popping in every so often during the Daredevil run for Chip Zdarsky. Um, yeah. I just love, I love him. And and again, it's, it's He's very... He's a Kelly. He's I was great. just going to say, yeah. I think you've made, you've made that distinction before and it broke my brain open but yeah, yeah that's all it's, he is but it, it's beautiful it's gorgeous man he's one of the best out there it's so, so yeah. crazy that he was just found online that like tom king just found him online doing like fan art yeah fucking so wild crazy. don't let your dreams be dreams keep practicing your art you will get there someday that's true but yeah, that does it for the uh, for the mailbag, a shorter mailbag this week, which allowed Yay! us to get take a little time to get through all these. Um, but yeah. we appreciate it every time that y'all write in. Please keep sending in your emails. Geeksplained at gmail.com. Put quiver somewhere in the subject header. We will read it here on the Friday show. And that does it for this week's episode. Next week, we are digging into the mystery around this star in the city with volume four the rise of star city synopsis goes like this 
Green Arrow's hometown of Seattle is fate. I love the fucking revisionist history. He's always been in Seattle. Uh, Green Arrow's hometown of Seattle is facing the worst crises the city has ever seen. Planes are plummeting out of the sky. Gigantic buildings are collapsing and fires are rapidly spreading. As the death toll continues to rise, panic consumes the city. At the center of it all is a mysterious group of chaos inciting criminals, the Ninth Circle. And they have Green Arrow dead center in their crosshairs. While Green Arrow forms a crew of superhero first responders with the indomitable Black Canary and eagle-eyed Red Arrow, Seattle continues to burn. Can Ollie and his team save the city while taking down the Ninth Circle once and for all, or will the Ninth Circle complete their violent rampage and destroy Seattle and Green Arrow at long last? Oh, man. Looks like we are heading into the climax of the Seattle arc. For Green Arrow, I have no freaking clue uh, what's going to happen, but I'm very, very excited. Uh-huh. This is going to be a, a big old climax for this run, at least up to this point. So I cannot wait. So join us, won't you? Next week for that, um, be there or be square. Star City Fridays are a real thing, so make sure. Whoa! You're, we're, we're, we're workshopping it. We're getting through that. Whoa! Uh, we're we're, we're workshopping it. Friday, where you get like half off on the chicken sandwich. On the chi- <laughs> uh, specifically on the grilled chicken sandwich. On the grilled chicken sandwich. The spicy is Star still City the Fridays. spicy fried chicken sandwich is still the same price. Don't don't okay. get it twisted. That makes sense. Damn it! I know, I know, but you know, got got to keep that Inferno merch going, uh, mm. but. Yeah, so join us next week for Volume 4, The Rise of Star City. This is going to be uh, issues 18 through 25. It's a big one. It's a big one, so get ready for that. But it's going to be a great time. I can't wait to read this. Uh, but that does it for the Geeksplain Book Club for this week. Uh, join us next week. It's going to be a good time as we continue on the run of Green Arrow Rebirth. But for now, for the Geeksplain Book Club, I've been Eric Azana. I was Malcolm Russell Nelson. And for Jacob Brown, thank you so much for listening. Everybody stay safe, and we will see you next time. Yeah, with loaded quivers and all that jazz. Um, I just he- flipped through a couple pages, and you are in for an immediate nice surprise. Ooh, I'm very <laughs> excited. Oh, immediately. Page two. You're going to be like, ah! I'm going to be like, oh, my favorite person is here, and his name is John Cena! Bah, bah, bah. Oh, Never been